Yo, 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 yo. How you living? How you feeling? How you doing? Appreciate you guys. You guys have been amazing on social as always. Homies, 33%. Stand up. It's your boy, the L-E-F-K-O-E. Man. And uh, we're wrapping up sort of our final content push of everything that was S&L. Today, two conversations with two guys that are now Hall of Famers. Legendary cornerback from the Patriots, Ty Law, and arguably the greatest safety of all time, Ed Reed. We're going to hear from both of them. If you've been following social, you'll see that I've been sort of asking you guys, what do you want when I come back from vacation after next week? Which guests? Who should I have? So just to kind of give you behind the curtain, we have some bookers here, one by the name of Dylan, one by the name of Paris, and they kind of go out and say, Adam, who do you want to get? Well, I'm kind of turning it over to you guys. Who do we need to get? Who do we need to talk to? Active players, coaches, really anybody that I can put on their radar so that we can come back. We're going to hit the ground running. Uh, To be honest, man, look, I've done a lot of notes. Uh, We're still doing the ACL epidemic. We're still doing uh, Lefko PR. And you bet your ass we're doing, whoa! big off season, but I want to make sure that we're getting people in here that interest you. So when you see the forms pop up, fill them in. Lefko Reddit, I'm watching you guys. Twitter, Instagram, as always, you guys are great. But let's start off first with our conversation with Ty Law. Sims and Lefko now joined by one of the greatest cornerbacks that this game has ever seen. We're talking five-time Pro Bowls, two-time All-Pro, three-time Super Bowl winner, with a pick six, too. Oh, pick six, and and one of my favorite phrases of all time. What is it? Uh, you don't fight the law because the law will win, or you know something <laughs> like that. <laughs> I think I butchered I that. I think you butchered it, too. <laughs> Ty Law joining us. Ty, Ty, that's not the phrase. That can't be it. Yeah, y'all, y'all making me sound good, man. Stop it. That's Stop what it, we're man. doing. Y'all making that's me what we're doing. <laughs> I'm shocked by two things. I'm shocked that I get to talk to you, which is great, but I'm also shocked that you're uh, – not not shocked that you're a finalist for the Hall of Fame, but Sims and I thought you should have been already. But how does it feel for you being a finalist again? Oh, it feels great. I mean, especially when you're talking about this type of uh, fraternity of this magnitude and the Pro Football Hall of Fame, understanding that there's a lot of great players that haven't made it this far that probably should be. And so I look at it as a compliment. I'm honored to be still in the conversation and what more could you ask for but, you know, being selected, and, and that's up to the guys that's in there voting. So uh, I look at it as I did all I can do out on the field. I wish I could go back up out there, lace it again, and get a few more picks. <laughs> Maybe that'll put me over, but unfortunately that's not the case. So, uh, you know, the fate lies within those guys, and hopefully they see me worthy of being in. All right, Ty. I mean, hey, I, I got to wax poetically about you. I mean, uh, one of the greatest shutdown corners of our generation, maybe the best defensive player on a Super Bowl dynasty team that won three out of four Super Bowls, an epic, memorable pick six interception against the greatest show on turf and Kurt Warner, right? Nobody gave you a chance. And I'll just say, I don't know, sometimes I feel like people forget that you were on that Patriots team, that Richard Seymour was there, that you had all these great defensive players. You know, now looking back in history, everybody just talks about, oh, it's Brady and Belichick, Brady and Belichick. Do you guys ever, or you specifically, feel like you're a little bit forgotten in that conversation? Sometimes uh, you feel a little forgotten um, because of the greatness of the New England Patriots over a sustained period of time and still right now again in the AFC Championship on, on the doorsteps of the Super Bowl uh, it's easy to get lost in the shuffle because of 
the greatness that they uh, have for so long. But um, people need to understand sometimes, and this is just barbershop talk. We in the car, but we're going yeah, to yeah, turn into the barbershop. Right. We were a defensive team, you know, in, in, the, in the beginning. Yeah. So, you know, a part of that dynasty in which we feel good about is defensive players who were pretty much the foundation of the team before Tom Brady became Tom Brady, the GOAT as he is. Um, right, right. You know, we, we feel pretty good about that. Um, we, for the first three, like I said, we were a defensive team, you know, and um, we did what we had to do. Uh, we we were one of the top defenses in the in the NFL, you know, at the time. So, and, and it gave Tom Brady the ability to kind of come into his own before he took the helm and it became his team. So, uh, we feel really good about that. And I think I'm speaking for the defense as a whole, not just for myself. Uh, because yeah, that's yeah, what we, were. we We, I mean, we were a complete team defensively. I mean, you never know who was going to make the next big play. Same thing, similar to the offense of New England today. You never know whether it's going to be Gronk, Edelman, Tom, James White. It could have been. It could be any a number of guys, and that's how we were on defense because we played together. I I know that a big thing for professional athletes is goal setting. So you want to be a pro bowler and you got it. You want to be a Super Bowl champion, you got it. Was there ever a time, even as a kid in a notebook or as a professional athlete in a diary, that you ever said to yourself or to anybody else, I want to be a Hall of Famer in this league? You know, I would be telling a lie about if I said I didn't think about it from a very early on. And I, because it's pretty well documented in New England, so I'm not going to let it come back and bite me in the butt. But to be honest with you, I was a little bit, you know, more of a hothead in my younger day. So uh, from day one, I said I wanted to be a Hall of Famer. That was my goal coming in. And uh, and the reason that I set the goal so high, one is to be a Hall of Famer. I knew, well, not being a Hall of Famer, I had an idea of what it took to get there. So that means you had to have a, a sustained excellence. Uh, for a long period of time because they don't just hand those things out. Um, yeah. And secondly, I, I had the opportunity to uh, spend my summers uh, with my uncle down in uh, Dallas, Texas, who is a, also a Hall of Famer in the Tony Dorsett. So I got to be around. That's, that's unbelievable. Yes, I got yeah, to be nice, around. Nice humble yeah. brag, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I got to be. I got to be around it. I got to be around the atmosphere, and I got to work out. Uh, with some of the, the cowboys that I admire because I actually I grew up uh, in Pennsylvania, Alco, Pennsylvania. Definitely not a, a, a Steeler fan, but I was a cowboy fan. I always respected the Steelers and what they were able to accomplish, uh, especially in the 70s, but everybody was Steeler fans. I was going with family, uh, you know, Tony Dorsett from Alacoba. So, um, you know, I really, he had a, a major, major influence on me as far as wanting to take my game to the next level, not only make it to the NFL, but make a difference, you know, and, and, and live on and, through eternity because I got the touch and feel, the Heisman Trophy and yes. the, his Hall of Fame bus, and that had a heavy, heavy influence on me. I was going to say, Ty, when we're young and people give us advice, we listen, but I don't think it really registers. When you look back, what were the lessons that really stuck for that long? You know, for me, the the... the the confidence that he had, and I mean, it's not just what he did on the field, but how he carried himself, you know, off the field, and the work that he put in. Because even towards the end of his career, uh, he was still working out. He was still, you know, running. I got an opportunity to go see where I was at as a young high school ninth, tenth grade guy, you know, working out with Tony Dorsett, Eugene Lockhart, Ken Norton Jr., 
met, you know, Tony Damn. Hill, Everson Walls, all those guys, you know, were still getting it in. And Tony was a little bit over the hill at the time, but he was still Tony Dorsett. He's still out there, you know, working hard to be the best that he can be. I mean, he's accomplished every single thing that you can accomplish in college and the pros. Heisman Trophy in uh, college, one of the greatest to ever do it. Same thing in the NFL, but it didn't happen overnight. You know, I've heard all the stories, you know, because he went to high school with my mom and dad and how he used to train and rip it up then. You know, it's nothing that he didn't do well, but he always worked on it. You know what I mean? And if you was to happen to beat him in anything, let's go again. So all those type of things rubbed off on me in the right way. You know, you know the folklore tales and to actually experience it myself uh, when I was in high school. Sims, do you know the other NFL players, the big ones that were from Aliquippa, Pennsylvania? Well, Darrell Rivas is the first. I mean, number twenty-four, which is crazy. I mean, crazy. I mean, that's insane. I mean, it's Western PA, man. It's it's a it's like a it's unreal. The history of football. There are so many key players like a Ty Law yeah. who are from there. Uh, I mean, it's, it's amazing. amazing. Hey, we we'll gotta give everybody some love from Aliquippa. We got Mike. Go, Dick, go ahead, Mike Ditka, Hall of Famer. Right. You know, I mean, Sean Gilbert, Jonathan Ball, Chuck okay. Fisher. You know, uh, Jonathan Ball was another uh, first round uh, draft pick. We had some going to later later rounds uh, as well. Okay, okay. hey, 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 the hell with all of them. This is about you. Okay, I'm just saying. This is about you. I'm always going to rep Aliquiba. Chris, come on, man. That's what I know. I know. No, no, I, I know you like are. He says <laughs> and you're a team guy, which is like so typical of a New England guy, which I appreciate that. And that's where I'd love I love to bring it back there, Ty, because first of all, I think the other thing people need to know about you as a player, because I studied you and watched you growing up a lot. You were not only an amazing man-to-man corner, you were phenomenal in zone coverage as well. And not all corners can say that. But what did what was it like? You know, you had Parcells and Belichick early on in your career. You went from Bill Parcells to Bill Belichick. I would love to hear kind of the changing of the guard there when Belichick took over and just what it was like to play defensive back for a Bill Belichick-type defense. Uh, It it was amazing. Um, Coach Parcells, he made me tougher from the the mental side. I thought I was pretty tough coming from Alacoba, but they're two different people when it comes to coaching and strategy you know coach Parcells is the type of guy he gets up in your head tell you what you can't do he challenges you mentally you know physically to go out there and beat the man across from you no matter what coach coach Belichick is more of an X's and O's type of guy uh you can pretty much count on that he's going to study more than you as a player and you know the 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 most confidence that I that, that came with coach Belichick is when he told me uh before when he was a defensive coordinator, uh, not the head coach, when he was our defensive backs coach, he said, if this guy does this route, he said, God damn it, you better sit on it. And I said, wait a minute. I said, well, what if he run a hook and go? He was like, well, that one on me. I said, well, "Well, okay. You know what I mean? So I said, if I see this, if I see this formation and I see this drop back in this situation, take it. And he said, I'm not going to get in trouble. I said, oh, man, this is the type of coach I'm talking about right here. You know what I mean? So, and, and, <laughs> That's and, from, amazing. and from there, it, it just was was a snowball into, you know, building the confidence, in, you know, him as a coach and him building the confidence in me as a player. But I, 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 I would be – I have to say something about Pete Carroll because before, sure, that tra- sure. before that transition from 
Coach Parcells and Coach Belichick was on the staff as my defensive back coach, so I had a different type of relationship with him because I was with him every day in the meetings. But when Pete, Pete Carroll got the head coaching job for New England, that's when you know my career really you know blossomed and I became one of the top-tier defensive backs because he had the confidence in me to let me go out there and match up man-to-man against the best uh, man or zone uh, with the best receiver on the opposing side. And then from there it carried on, and that is something that I wanted. Even when Coach Belichick was like, no, we're going to do this, because me and Belichick, we almost got into a serious fist fight one time. You know, jokingly, not that far, but, you know, I was really irritated. But I think it was all in Coach Belichick getting into my head, because after I think about it, he kind of let it go too easy for him to make a a meeting saying that, okay, Todd, this is what we're going to do. We're going to put you on Reggie Wayne, and we're we're going to double mark I said, oh, no, the hell we not. I said, we, where, where's this come from? Well, we got to do what's best for the team. We think that you handled him, but we're going to just take this guy out because he's a schemer and things like that. And normally, you know, you never question uh, Coach Belichick, but, you know, that that got to me. I was like, what you paying me for? I said, I, got, I ain't scared of Marvin Harrison. You know what I mean? That, that put me on him. You know what I mean? I was like, no, Bill. I mean, we went. He said, okay. But as soon as he beat you, he said, we're doing it my way. I said, okay. You know, that, that, I said, deal. And he never took me off of him, you know, from, from one game to the next game to the next game. So, And then, like I said, he gave up a little bit too easy, but I think he wanted to see if I was ready to accept that challenge because, you know, Reggie Wayne, you know, a Hall of Famer in, in his own right. But at the time, it was Marvin Harrison. Reggie Wayne was right, number right. two. And why would you waste me on number two? Ty, that's so funny. (laughs) Ty, for the last few years, Sims has been saying that the Patriots' main defensive philosophy is put their best corner, whether it's Revis or Gilmore, on the number two, take them out, and then double-team the number one. So apparently he was trying to start it with you, but it ain't going for Ty. No, I wasn't going for that one. Not not, not at all. But um, but that's just who I was. I wanted it. You know, it wasn't, you know, questioning uh, his – you know, coaching prowess, it was that I was confident in myself, and I was like, whoever is on the other side of me, he put his pants on the same way I do. I don't care how many stats he had uh, from the previous week or how he's done in his career. You know, let, let, let's go one-on-one. So if we're going to match up, I want him. If we're going to play zone, I want him. If he's going to the bathroom, hell, I'm going too. You know, that's just how it was. <laughs> so, so Ty, the Ford Hall of Fans program is putting football's biggest fans into the Hall of Fame. Like, it's literally going to be down a wing, which is crazy, putting fans right alongside the players they supported. What, what do you think about honoring the fans? And was there a certain Patriots fan that, in your mind, you don't have to know their name, but just what they looked like or a memory that was the best Patriots fan you've ever seen? You know what? <laughs> All the Patriot fans are, are, are awesome. I mean, they come out in droves, you know, you know, win, lose, or draw. And the one thing about the Patriots fans, too, they're going to let you know when they're unhappy, even though they didn't have a lot to be unhappy about in a long time. But I kind of – I definitely respect, you know, who, who they are and how they support the team. I mean, we didn't always have one of the nicer stadiums. There was not always a Patriot place, and they were there. You know what I mean? And they supported me from the – you know, time that I showed them I can play because I heard a few boos when I got drafted because I wasn't the, you know, the flashy name coming out in 1995. Uh, I wasn't the flashy names, you know, but you have to earn it around there. I don't care what sport you're in, whether it's football, uh, baseball, the Red Sox, basketball, the Celtics, Bruins and hockey, you have to earn 
the respect of the New England fans. And once you do that, you know, they're going to ride and die with you, and I love them for that. Ty Law, future Hall of Famer, absolute baller. Right, really quick, that Hall of Fans, what, you talked about how great Patriots fans were. What do you think about honoring the fans? I think that is awesome because we wouldn't be who we are or where, where we're at if it wasn't for those fans cheering us on because every game wasn't a, 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 a great game. Every game wasn't a Hall of Fame game. Uh, and when you have fans that stick with you uh, through thick and thin, it's all worth it because, you know, we're getting paid, you know, a lot of money to go out there and, and play, win, and entertain. And you don't always win. You don't always entertain. But for those fans to come out there, and you, mind you, it's pretty damn cold in New England now. Y'all know that. It's cold. Yeah, you know I, mean? I know. It's, it's a couple games. As a former player, I'm not going to. I'm going to sit in my house. I'm going to watch it on the big screen. I'm going to hear all the commentary nice and warm. But those fans come out there no matter what, and the stadium is full, and you have to give it up to the fans. The Patriots wouldn't be the Patriots if it wasn't for those fans cheering us on. You should see the parades year in and year out. You would think that, you know, you know we, what? We I'm know, Ty. We've no, seen no, the parades. No, 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 we know. Thank you very much, Ty. <laughs> Thank you, Ty. But they're there. Rain, sleet, and snow. So, I mean, that's why the, the, the parade, not only winning the game, but the parade is one of the biggest moments for us Patriots because we get to go back yeah. out there, honor the fans, and talk to them, slap high five, get you know up close and personal with them, and they're out there, man. And whether that I can't say if I wasn't a part of the team, I can't say why I would be out there doing that myself. So I give big ups to the fans for, for doing that and continuing the sport. You don't worry. You don't have to worry about the weather, Ty. Inside the hallowed halls of the Hall of Fame, where your bust will be immortalized for a long time. Congratulations. Good luck. Sims and Lefko is rooting for you, and we're proud of you, pal. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. What's up? It's Lefko back again. Uh, Beyond excited that Ty Law got in. It sucks that he had to wait. I'm glad that the Patriots from that era, the early 2000s, are finally getting some defensive representation in the Hall of Fame. It was not just Brady. You've heard us talk about it a a million times. Uh, But up next, man, the man, the myth, the legend. You've heard the stories over the years of Ed Reed scaring quarterbacks and taking balls back 110 yards He's incredible, and before he got into the Hall of Fame, he talked to us. So here's our conversation with Ed Reed. We have with us a former Defensive Player of the Year. We have with us the all-time leader in interception return yards because he didn't just hawk the ball. He tried to take it back for a touchdown, and now, Sims, a finalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Ed Red Reed. Ed man, what is this like? You're in the final fifteen. I bet you it's a little surreal. Yeah, man, you know, like I was saying to a bunch of people, man, I'm you know, I was never about the accolades, you know, though you know they're there. You know, so I'm just kinda taking it day by day and just soaking it in. You know, um there's a lot of a lot of people who um helped me get to this point, you know, so I'm just soaking it in right now. It's literally a period of your life where you have no control and it's up to all these other people. But, Ed, you're a thousand percent one of those guys where the last five years of your career, everyone was calling you future Hall of Famer Ed Reed. Is it is it weird now that it's kind of right at your doorstep? Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, I had an exit plan. You know, I had an exit plan to, to get out of the NFL, as I think guys need to have, you know, because you just never know. 
you know, um, and, you know, I knew it was going to come eventually, you know, I mean, after this, after five years, you, you start to get those talks about it, you know, but she was, like you said, five years before I retired, you know, you're hearing that talk, you know, so to be here right now, man, you know, and getting those phone calls, it lets you know that sooner or later those cleats will be hanging on that line. You know, that wire that you used to see back in the day when you was a kid and throw those throw those cleats over the line, tie them up, and that, that, that's when it's over. Did, did you – like, I, you're getting in the Hall of Fame. We know that, okay? It's just a matter yeah, of, a matter like, of when, like, when. Okay, so let's just end that speculation. Yeah, you're the man. <laughs> you're the and, man I mean, I only played against you once, and you scared the crap out of me. But – and we're going to talk about that in a second. I'm going to bring you down memory lane. But I do want to know, is it extra special to a guy like Ed Reed, arguably the greatest safety of all time, to be a first ballot Hall of Famer as compared to being maybe a second- or third-year guy? Yeah, man, no doubt. You know, um, coming into the league, you know, I wanted to be first round, first pick. You know, I thought I deserved that. But that's that's just what you shoot for. You know, you shoot for the stars. You know, um, first ballot to be to be in that elite group of Hall of Famers is just enough for me. Just being in that talk, it's enough for me. You know, I, I pray to God that Steve Atwater gets in, you know, um, before – he, he's voted in, and, and, and if I if I get in and he don't get in, you know, I'd rather give my space to him, you know, because I looked up to Steve Atwater, you know, but I'm not the one voting. Yeah. Mm. I was going to say I'd love to see you, Champ, uh, John Lynch, and, like, Ty Law get in sure. and just be like, oh, yeah, here's the best secondary from the 2000s in one fell swoop. Yeah, man, I, I feel you on that. But like I said, man, Steve Atwater is a legend. You know, That's I looked awesome. up to him. You know, to be in that group with him, you know, I would give up my space for to let him in that thing. Wow. Wow, that's that's strong. Okay, so while we're on that topic of, like, safeties and great safeties that you admired, like, if you had to go back and be the, you know, just look at history, who was the safeties you admired growing up? And I'd also like to know, other than Atwater, I'm saying, and then also, who was the guy, like, when you were playing that you'd watch film of and go, I got to watch this guy at safety and, and see what he's doing lately? Like, did you have that guy that you competed with, you know, in your own mind? No, man, I, I never competed with anyone but myself, honestly, to be, you know, I was always trying to be my best, be at my optimum, maximum level to, to help my team win. Um who I looked up to, oh man, come on! During, during that group, that era, you talking Ronnie Lott was yeah, my was yeah. my guy. You right, know, I grew right. up I grew up in New Orleans, but we, you know, our fans had bags on their heads then. You know, so the um, the teams that was that was playing hard were 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 the San Francisco 49ers and them them, them boys. You know, which I never liked the boys at all. You know, yeah, so. Yeah. Ronnie Lott was my guy, Jerry Rice, you know, with his work ethic, you know, um, Walter Payton, and I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. You know, I played basketball growing up, so his work ethic, you know, the classiness about Michael Jordan, you know, the, the things he did on the court, how he pushed his teammates, you know, I was a guy who looked up to him and, and, and brought those attributes to, to um, football. 
I think you talk about Ronnie a lot. I would agree with you that he is, you know, the most one of the most intimidating safeties of all time. When it comes to coaches, I believe that Bill Belichick is the greatest coach of all time. And I believe that there's certain players that he gets obsessed with. And watching Bill Belichick talk about you to me is like football ecstasy. Like it's incredible. What what was it? What is it like for you to hear him talk about you like that? And and do you have a relationship with Bill at all? I don't, man. Outside of playing against him, and, and if I ever see him, Bill has always been a um, a, good, a great motivator um, to me. He was always like, "Hey, just do your thing, do you." You know, I wish I'd have had you on my team. You know, I wish I'd have played for coach for at least a year, um, or something like that. Because you those are, those are the type of coaches you want to play for. You know, I read Coach Belichick's book and um, admired just the things he's done, how he grew up, you know, and his his, his background of, of why he coaches the way he coaches and, and why his team is so successful the way they're successful. You know, it, it makes a difference in your environment, you know, and um, I just, I mean, I really appreciate, you know, um, Coach Belichick, the way he talks about me, man, the way he appreciated my game. You know, because it's more than just wins and losses. You know, football, football is is uh, it's more than the diamond rings. You know, the Super Bowls and all that stuff. You know, Wildcats is one of my favorite football movies, man. Oh yeah, Wildcats, better than a diamond ring, played by a king. Football, yeah, I love. I knew I loved that read. Yeah, man, that's my that's my movie, bro. So. You know, it was it was more about the relationships and the competition, you know, and the, your opponents and stuff you win against, man. You know, yeah. I appreciate yeah. it. You know, playing against all the guys I played against, man, I had a respect for everybody, you know, regardless of their record, you know, and things that they were doing, man. If, if you were playing the game, it was the utmost respect. Yeah, that that's I mean that's the one thing. Okay, I'm gonna. We know you're one of the greatest safeties of all time. The one thing I will certainly say you were the greatest of. You are the greatest pass defending safety in the history of the NFL. Okay, I'm gonna say that for you, and I got to experience it. Okay, and I just want. I I mean you you picked me in our one matchup. I don't know if you remember, there was another play you almost picked to me because you were doing your own thing in the back end, just playing out of position, just trying to get interceptions, but that's where I wanted to go with it, Ed. Like, what made or gave you that sixth sense to have a feel for what the quarterback did or what the offense was trying to do? I just never feel like you kind of got the credit for your brains and your intuition and your feel on the football field. That's what always was so special, man. It's funny to me, man, that people, a lot of people say what you say, that I was doing my own thing, you know. I mean, let me correct you on that. I yeah, never yeah. did my own thing that that often like that. Like, I never just out of nowhere just, I'm going to go do this and do that. No, you, know, I, I you, had, you were playing cover two and you tried to take a slant away from me. You were the <laughs> but you had a reason to. You were right. You were I was right. trying to throw the slate. Right. You were gonna pick it. I studied. I studied tape, man. I I did my homework, but I also understood, which a lot of a lot of guys who I talk to now need to understand. You have to understand your defense. You gotta yes. understand where yes. your help is at. You gotta understand how you can move in your defense. You know, I was one of the first defenders to be moving around on the football field disguising and stuff like that and the coach is like what are you doing and now you see 
coaches are actually putting their guys in certain position and then moving them around and right. but you yeah. gotta you gotta understand how to do that you know not everybody truly understands on how to move around in the defense and understand their opponent at the same time while having a mind on a play clock and knowing it down the distance and knowing part of the field that they on and understanding what type of plays that this team like to run out of that formation. That's a lot I just gave you. Yeah, so you that's imagine, awesome. That's awesome. You can imagine how you have to just, just, just go through that within a split second. You know, like your mind has to be working on a whole nother level. Right, but you gotta right. put, you gotta put the work in. You know as well as I do, Chris, that, you know, as a quarterback, there's a lot of information you guys got to have. There's a lot of information, right. you know, you have to be looking for. I mean, I'm talking about even from tendencies, you got to be looking at the linebackers to see what depth they at, to see what hole they in, to, right. to see if right. the cornerback is flat-footed or he's got his foot up, is he's going to be in cover two, or is he playing the man you know, is the is the safeties coming down? That's a lot of information for a quarterback have to decipher through. I played quarterback. A lot of that's what I was, that's what I was gonna say. Wait, did you play quarterback growing up? Yep. I played quarterback in high school. Makes, know, so, um, much makes so much sense. My best friend, one of that. my one of my best friends in college was Ken Dorsey. You know, he right. and I ran practices at the University of Miami. Right. You know, so. Right. It was a lot that was a lot of maturation, you know, to become the player that I was. Curtis Johnson, you know, um, who coached for the for the Saints right now. That's sure, the reason why sure. those receivers are the way they are. You know, that's the reason why Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne, Santana Moss were the receivers that they were. You know, he coached them in college. You know, Chuck Pagano was my my DB coach, you know, in college. You know, so there's a lot of coaches, you know, that that we don't talk about that gets a lot of credit. You know, Coach Davis had a tremendous coaching staff when I was at the University of Miami. You know, Donnie Henderson and Dennis Thurman, you know, and Benny Anderson were great coaches um, when I got to, the, um, got, to, got to Baltimore. You know, so there's a lot of coaches, man, that really helped me to understand the game, you know, to, to help me take it to another level. And... And it was me just, you know, putting in the work, man, watching more tape, yeah. you know. Yeah. I think we just heard part of your speech thanking a bunch of coaches right there. So that prepared us. But I also realize, I think about all the guys you play with on Miami, but I want to take you back to like the 04 Ravens season because I think there were five Hall of Famers on that team. Right. I think it would be Ogden, Ed Reed, Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, I think, is going to make it. Yes, he will. And Dion. And And I'm I'm curious, you, Dion, Ray, sitting around, did the Hall of Fame even come up? Because this is an older Dion where his life is coming in perspective. Did you guys ever talk about the Hall of Fame? No, man. I mean, you know, guys mention it. Like I said, I was never about that stuff, man. I I, could have cared less, you know, about um, individual accolades. You know, that that stuff didn't make me. You know, I wanted my team to be successful. That's the reason why I stayed five years in college. Right. You know, I right. wanted I wanted to win a national championship. That's a team accolade. You know, I didn't care about the Thorpe and all American stuff that, that they had me up for, you know. Hall of Fame is a it's it's a you bring your team in there with you, you bring teammates with you, you bring coaches with you, but you know, I wasn't I didn't care about that stuff. Though it was mentioned, you know, people mentioned that man and that that's the stuff that you, you know that tend to tend to blind folk on what they really really can really really can achieve. 
At the same, Ed, Ed, you are the ultimate team player. But when you slip that gold jacket, though, that go- this ain't a trophy. That's this when ain't that, an award. That's when that this Ed Reed signature goes up this by a hundred percent. This is when you're back in St. Rose, Louisiana, and you walk in with the jacket. It's finishing it off, man. It's the finish. It's the ultimate finish. You know, it's James Brown finishing the show. You know. Uh, that's all it is, man. All right, you, know? you better do the spin move when you get it. I just want to see that, okay? I got to see the spin move, too. I, I, I got a little James Brown in me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so wait. One other thing I want to bring up, because I know you, you don't want to talk to us all day, but you talked about college, okay? So we got to – like, your Miami teams. When you were at the time – did you realize – I would argue that your Miami team that won the national championship against Nebraska, which we screwed up, Texas, by the way. You didn't want to see us in the Rose Bowl that year. That would have been a boo, that'd been a different story. story. Yeah, I would have got killed, man. <laughs> Nobody didn't want to play us. They got, I, they got I, these polls that come out that Texas with Vince Young was the best team. We would have killed them too. I, Nobody I, was going to beat us that year. That's the reason why I stayed in school. I was I was the oldest guy in college football. I was working out damn, at five thirty in the morning. I was in the best shape of my life. It wasn't happening. Whoever we no. played wasn't happening, man. All right, I, I would admit that you were the best. You're. I just said you're the, arguably the greatest college team I ever saw. I really would put you guys in that. I do think we would have gave you a better game than Nebraska. I'll say that much. But yeah, the, the, the point. The point the being, point did you being, realize how special that Miami team was though that year? Like, did you realize that there was that many stars on the team even at that age? Yes, I did. Yeah, I knew it, yeah. man, and that's why I stayed in school. I, you know. I told him I stay in school. We win the national championship. I'm coming back to win a national championship. I didn't. I didn't stay just to play football and have fun in college. Right, I stayed right. to win a national championship. We won a national championship. There wasn't nobody going to beat us. It wasn't happening. You know, we might have got some better games, but no, no. I went to the <laughs> University of Miami to win a national championship. You know, I yeah, understood yeah. that college and NFL was a business you know so I had I had plenty time to play football in the NFL you know I wasn't worrying about that I could play football on the moon you know so it it wasn't it wasn't no question that you know we was going to win a national championship that's the reason why you sitting you know and I don't do this often you know because a lot of people always ask me about other people other players and stuff like that right Right. I was going to be sitting here regardless, regardless if I was to play with the Ravens or any other team. You know, there's a reason why in high school I'm considered a Hall of Famer in Louisiana. I'm considered a Hall of Famer in college football. Yeah. Not many people yeah. can. Not many people can say that on every level. No, you were the man, Ed. I don't. I mean, you I still are the man. I remember when I learned about you was when you stripped that. Yeah, you stripped that ball. <laughs> I I do yes you you were amazing and I re- still remember you stripping that ball at Boston College that was when I first all right let's get three. this let's get this together Matt Walters is two hundred and ninety pounds he's one of the strongest guys on the football team that year yeah there's no yeah. way I'm stripping the ball out of Matt Walters hand right. I'm asking right. Matt for that ball I'm asking Matt for that ball that's the trust we had in each other that's how much talking as a safety I did. You know, communicating to my guys. That's how much we hung out with each other, that we could trust each other and know each other's voice 
to where Matt understood and knew that was me asking for that ball, and he gave it to me. I couldn't right, take right. I couldn't take that ball from a D lineman, not at the University of Miami. It wasn't going to happen, you know. But when there's trust it. there, that's that's what you get. Well, yeah, you can trust that Ed Reed is going to be getting the Hall of Fame, and I'm pretty sure it's going to be right it's, away. It's happening this year. Now, Ed, Ed, listen, the Ford Hall of Fans program, they're putting football's biggest fans into the Hall of Fame right alongside the players they supported. And I'm curious, I think you, you don't always know certain fans' names, but in Baltimore, was there a fan that pops into your head right now that's like, that was the best fan I ever had with the Ravens? Man, a fan that pops in my head. You don't need to know their name, but was there one person that was always there when the plane landed or one person that was sitting front row or always had your jersey on? You know what? If I was I, if I was to break it down to a fan, being that the city supported me so much, man, I have to say just the city, the fan, the city of the fans, you know, the fans in the city. You know, I can remember when we lost – um, AFC championship game, we got back to Baltimore, and they're at the facility. I mean, they're at the facility. It's like 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, and they're just showing their appreciation, you know. I would have to save my kids at Booker T. Washington, man, you know, for what they go through, you know, um, the joy that they get, the people get in Baltimore from when the Ravens win a football game, man. That meant so much to me to, to play my hardest, to give my all for that, for, for those people who go through so much, who just get joy from the simple things of a game, you know, who don't have a meal sometimes at home. Come on, man. You know, that's what it was about for me. You know, it's such a blessing to play for those people in Baltimore who are so less fortunate, you know, than, than we, some of us will ever know. Sounds like you're a, you're a fan of Ford honoring the fans. Yeah, man, no doubt about it. You know, I, I drive a, a F-350, you know, so, you know, I would hope that Ford would, would come and do a deal with me or something like that for giving hey, them this pub. Hey. But, you know, I I really appreciate, you know, riding around in such a nice vehicle. My boy has an F-150, you know, my dad does, you know, so I'm a Ford, I'm a Ford guy, you know, and as you can see, my career, I played 12 years you know, and to be a Hall of Famer, I was built that tough. That's awesome. Ed Reed is built for You're tough. the man, Ed. Undato. Congratulations hey, on hey, everything. Bro, I appreciate it, man. I'm proud of you, man, after all these years, you know, just knowing you, knowing your dad, you know, and you doing your thing, man. You know, Thanks, I, Thanks man. I, I, Thanks, man. You keep on going, brother. Hopefully someday I'm sitting there, standing there next to you doing the same thing. I, I appreciate the compliment, man. You the man. I always looked up to you, and I hated playing against you. And you can at least tell your kids I intercepted the great Chris Sims one day. It was that special. Hey, I, got, <laughs> hey, I, I will definitely tell my son that. You're going to be like, who? <laughs> be well, Ed. See you, man. Right on, man. Y'all take care. Be good, dude. Good be luck. Be good, dude. Good luck. Ed Reed is El Hombre. He is the man. Uh, guys, if you're listening to this podcast, do me a favor check me out Friday night 9 o'clock TNT I'm doing freaking play-by-play of the Rising Stars game I am putting on my play-by-play hat something I've really never done and I'm calling live action of dudes dunking on each other's heads it's going to be insane but 33% I need your help get online 
go to Twitter at Adam Lefko or at Simpson Lefko or Instagram. Look out for all the docs that we're going to have. What guests do you want? I've already kind of told you. What segments do you have an idea for? What do we need to do? I, I, I've never been afraid of listening to the audience because you guys know our content probably even better than a lot of people that work at the companies that I work at and you know what you want. So for me, get in there. Uh, do not be afraid. There is no suggestion dumb. There is no one too small or too big. We can try everything. Um, I'm just going to let you guys on a little bit. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm going to get the stick to football guys on in March. Uh, they're going to kind of download all their information and I can kind of pick their brains and figure out who are going to be Team Lefko. Who's going to be the rookies that I fall in love with and get super excited about? Uh, anybody, any any guy out there, whether it's an Evan Silva or I see a lot of you guys talk about Brett Coleman, Dan Orlovsky, whoever you think would be good to have on, I'm going to go out and get them. We got the bookers, we got the time, and I think it's going to be awesome. I am the L-E-F-K-O-E. Always appreciate you saying that in your head. We will holler at you. Enjoy next week. There will be no pods. Take some time. Maybe relax like myself. Get the brain focused. And we are coming back at the end of February on a mission. And it is going to be an absolute cutthroat mission. Love y'all. Y'all are the shit. Holler at you in a little bit.